1: That scorecard doesn't reflect how the fight was.
2: Technically, he got hit and went down. It was a knockdown. But you can't say that uh,
1: Aziz was hurt and got dropped. He lost his footing, and didn't he? His feet slipped from under him on the print on the canvas, which is ridiculous, really. That, that shouldn't be happening. Buatzi... We'll definitely need a fight before fighting Paterviev or Bivol. I just think it's a step too far, too soon. But at his
2: age, right now, for the length of time he's been pro, I think he's sort of now or never.
1: The fact that Tyson Fury's pulled out now with a cut, I was devastated about it. I've been really looking forward to the fight.
2: I've never seen a cut that bad from sparring. Do you think it's going to happen in May? I don't. Do you think it's going to
1: happen in May? I'm not so sure, no. Hello, welcome to The Verdict. With me, Carl Frotch, and my good friend George Groves. How are you, mate?
2: I am very good, Carl. Good to see you. How are you?
1: Again, I'm very good. Just saw you last night at the fight, Joshua Buatsi, Dan Aziz, and we're going to get straight into that. What is your verdict on that fight?
2: So my verdict is it was a very good fight, Carl. Very good fight. I had um, I didn't want to pick a winner. I thought Buatsi should have been the favourite. And was the favorite, obviously. I think the majority of people thought he was going to win. He's got the pedigree, you know. Um, and you say he's probably got a better name or two on his record. But Dan Aziz, right off your peril, he's been boxing really well. It was a great fight, ebbed and flowed. You know, um, after two rounds, you think Buatsi's going to just find a home for his right hand, find a home for that left hook. Then uh, Aziz comes back. I think he has a good third and fourth round, and Buatsi comes back and it got to a point Carl where i wasn't you know, scoring the scoring the rounds as i went along but i thought aziz was coming back into it at in the end and i think after 10 rounds i had him 6-4 down but if he wins 11 and 12 you know there, there could be nothing in it um and then he's having a good 11th round aziz and then he gets caught he loses his balance and he goes down now i think the referee did the right Thing you know, technically he got hit and went down. It was a knockdown, but you can't say that uh, Aziz was hurt and got dropped. You know, got got buzzed and went down. He lost his footing, and then once that's happened, he's got to go for broke. He's got to win by knockout. He ends up going over again. I think probably didn't look quite as as a slip like, but yeah, he goes down again and it's, it's all to do. But I'm I'm happy for both men. I mean, you don't want to see a, a loser. Loads of respect at the end, and they both dug down bit down the gumption and went for it right up to that final bell even in the last round trying to entertain the crowd which is good for the fight fans what did you make of it
1: back to the beginning for me I think I think you're dead right I think you summed it all well I think the right man won the right man got the decision so let's not take anything away from Joshua Boazzi he started well a couple of the early rounds were closest but from round four to about round eight so five rounds there for me Joshua Boazzi was dominating he was boxing well and moving well he looked smoother and he looked like he was just just getting um, Aziz on the end of the jab. He was landing some nice body shots. He was looking for the right hand. But um, Aziz was rolling well. Good head movement, slipping and sliding a lot of shots. Coming back with punches that looked, looked a little bit like arm punches. I was thinking, it looks like Marvin Hagler. He's got the shorts, the socks. He was rolling nice, dipping. But he just didn't seem to have that sting in his punches. But at times, Aziz put the shots together, sat down on his punches. And... Um, he looked like he was carrying a bit of power and he, he, he knocked Joshua Bwatsi back, landed some nice clean right hands. His jab was defect, deceptive. He was landing the jab at range. I was thinking, how come Joshua Bwatsi's head's bouncing back? He's just catching him with that jab, just peppering him with it, but not doing enough on my card. So it was behind by quite a fair way, um, Dan Aziz, on my scorecard going into the ninth round. And he had a really good round nine. He was pushing forward. He put Joshua on his back foot. He was catching in with headshots, hooks. He was slipping and sliding and landing more shots. Then round 10, he had a good round and he got dropped in round 11, which was a slip. He got caught of a good shot. I, I don't think the shot would have put him over. But you saw on the replay, he lost his footing, didn't he? His feet slipped from under him on the print on the canvas, the sponsor or whatever it, either the Sky Sports or whatever sponsor it was, which is ridiculous, really. That, that shouldn't be happening. That needs addressing, that does. I mean patches of paint on the canvas for the advertising causing the fighter to slip so it was really unfortunate from um for Aziz to get caught of a shot which was a good shot but then for his feet to slip under him it, I mean the second knockdown he landed flat on his face didn't he just got his arms in the way his feet just went from under him like he'd slipped over in a bloody hotel lobby on a wet floor with the guys mopping it was like there's was gonna put a claim in it was it was a heavy drop in but it was definitely a shot and I don't think it would have changed the result. But the problem is, on my scorecard, what was so frustrating, if it had won round 11 and 12, after having a good round 9 and 10, it would have been close on my card. I think it was like, I think it was 6-5 going into the 12th it would have been. But with the 10-8 round, them, them knockdowns killed the score. And the, the score, rightly so, at the end, I think it was 117-109, or one of them, or 117-110, if I remember rightly. And I just thought, that. That scorecard doesn't reflect how the fight was. Joshua Boazzi definitely won. He deserved to win. He was the better man on the night and he landed more shots. And I don't think Aziz can complain that the slippy canvas affected the result. So I'm not saying that. I just thought it was really unfortunate because the judges do see things a little bit differently to us sitting at ringside as we're commentating and and scoring it. It's different to the judges. So... Yeah, frustrating, I thought. But the right man won. Joshua Boazzi performed really well. And Dan Aziz came away from that with some really good experience against a top professional in, in Joshua Boazzi because I do consider him to be a top professional now. He's, he's ready for a step up. But yeah, enjoyable. Both men last night came out of that with a chin-held eye and they've got a potentially really prosperous and fruitful future if they, um, mm. if they can perform like that against, against these other light heavyweight contenders. But um, that brings you me th- on to what do you think's next for um, for both of the guys, really? Well,
2: so <clears throat> it's one of them ones when you lose, you... there's no great options for you in terms of it, it's not going to have the same feel and buzz and flow that this fight has had. So Aziz coming off the loss now, does he look to sort of have an easier fight and just take his time and rebuild? Um, or is he trying to avenge that loss? You know, I I can't see why Buatsi would be in a rush to take the rematch, and I, I don't think that he should, because ultimately this was that fight, whether it was close or not, the winner deserves to go on and hopefully challenge for something better. Now, the two main men in the light heavyweight division is obviously uh, Bivol and Baterviev. Them two are scheduled to fight January, uh, June 1st, I believe. Um, and that is for all the marbles, for all the belts. And we'll have one undisputed light heavyweight king. If that does take place, and I have no doubt that it will, these guys are guys who I'm sure look after themselves in camp and always show up uh, and we will get there. But, you know, you never know. Baturvio has has cancelled and had surgery and delayed fights before. We'll love to see that. And Buwatsi will maybe get, maybe get a shot at the winner. And then Aziz... You know, is he looking to stick at that sort of at domestic level? Because there are good fighters here and around the domestic level. We see Callum Smith recently lost. Is it sort of a battle with the guys who've just been beat? You've got Ben Whittaker, who, um, you know, he's, he hasn't competed nowhere near at the level that Aziz and Buatzi are at, but has shown full potential to have the capability of getting to the very top. And in my opinion, needs to be fast-tracked. You know, we saw him have a run out last night. Very comfortable for him. You know, he's, he uses class as well as confidence and showboating. And, you know, the showboating stuff is fun. And, you know, they're promoting him as such. And it's almost a little bit tongue in cheek about how, you know, how much the showboating is part of his game. But people will sort of not get fed up with it, but they might get a little bit bored of it because they're like, well, we ultimately we want to see him in, in a bit of a test. And maybe he's looking now at an Aziz-type opponent and go, that makes sense. They're both under the sky umbrella. They're both with Boxer. That's a great fight, you know. That's a test for Ben Whittaker as well as, you know, Aziz is probably thinking now's the time to get him rather than, than later. Buatzi would definitely need a fight before fighting um, Bouturviev or Bivol. Carl, after watching Buatzi yesterday, how do you think he could stack up against the winner of Bivol Bouturviev? Either or.
1: <clears throat> Dimitri Bivol, Arta Betebeev. I mean, that is a quality fight against two real quality operators. I know Betebeev is getting on. What is he getting up? He's 40 years old now. So he's getting old, but he lives the Sparta lifestyle. and is like he's a bit of a machine. And the miles on the clock ain't quite there. What is he, 20, 21 fights he's had, even though he's getting on? He's, and we see him against Callum Smith and Anthony Ard. He put, he put a good performance together. And Dimitri Bivol obviously got that win over... Canelo Alvarez. So these two fights, these two fighters are the monsters of the light division for me. They're like, they're just like the cream of the crop. Would I stick? Would I confidently stick Boaxian with them two right now in his next fight? I'm not so sure about it. I feel like he needs a bridging fight. He needs a, he needs a Callum Smith, don't he, or a, or an Anthony, an Anthony Yard or somebody like that. I think before chucking him in straight in. But he's been a pro now for long enough. He's 30 years old. He's what is he on? He's getting on for seven, eight years of pro. So he's a good enough fighter. I think he's, he's capable. He showed a lot of talent last night. But to go up against somebody like a Biterbiev or a Bivol, I just think it's a step too far too soon. I'd like to, if i was managing him, I'd like him to have an in-between, a stepping stone fight with somebody who's bridging the European and world, world level. Like I've said, probably a Callum Smith or an Anthony Yard. what about you would you chuck him straight into the lions mm, well
2: it's one of them ones Carl you know at some point you just have to make that step but I wouldn't be confident of him beating either or you know after last night's fight you know Aziz great fighter we know that but um, doesn't have the, the punch power that that Peturvie have had so you can't give away any free shots with Peturvie if you can't you can't sort of at times, Buatzi sort of pulling out high and uh, you know letting Aziz land that right hand, and it felt like Aziz was feeling the pace of the fight and decided I'm just going to win on volume rather than trying to punch through the target, dig his toes into the ground. Whereas we know Buterbeev doesn't fight like that; he just keeps coming, he keeps coming, and you know he can increase power throughout the combination. He doesn't touch, 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 touch and finishes one hard shot. You know he might throw five, six punches, and each and everyone seems to look like they're getting hotter. That said, Bivol as well. He's a big guy, well-schooled, um, looks super strong, looks like a great athlete. Punch is very correct. You know, The performance, stand-up performance, I know can be slightly misconstrued because Alvarez is a small super middleweight, but the fact that he was able to box him at his range, keep Canelo under wraps, couldn't, could, couldn't get himself into the fight, disciplined, stuck to his game plan. And done a, a, a spot-on job. So you're right. I think you're definitely right. If you're if you if you're backing Buaxi to beat one of those guys, he needs another bridging fight at that level. And whether that be a Callum Smith or a Yard or someone else, I don't know. But it makes sense as well. If those guys are going to be fighting in June, then he's got time to get one more in before that happens. But it might be as well that, you know, once one guy's got all the belts, all the mandatories start flowing his way, he can't keep up with all of them, and then maybe the WBA scatters and, and will actually fight someone else for it. I'm sure all the British promoters will be keen for that because there's loads of great Brits at the moment that can all fight each other for
1: a world title.
2: But yeah, I
1: think... It's a tough position, yeah. isn't it, is in? It's if a you're, really you're, tough if you're, position. If you're the WBA manager now and you're looking and you've got you've got Bivol waiting for you, or better be ahead, you're thinking to yourself, hell, what is going on? I mean, I know you want to take the chance and... You do take the chance. Me and myself, looking back at my career, I jumped in with unbeaten Pascal, I jumped in with um, Jermaine Taylor, and I come back and fought undefeated um, Lucien Bute, but I was established pro when I fought Bute, so that's probably a bad example. But my first fight was against unbeaten Canadian Jean-Pascal, but Pascal wasn't proven at world level to be one of the best in in the world and an absolute monster of the division. So he's in a sticky position, isn't he, now, Um, Joshua Blattsy. He's kind of timed it well, and and hung back. When Eddie Hearn went over to Dazone, he stayed with Sky. And now he's on Sky. He's had a couple of opportunities. Now he's taken this one. So he's WBA mandatory. And he's got one of them two monsters waiting for And I wouldn't fancy that. Well, I can't say I wouldn't fancy it because I'll fight anyone. What about you? If you was in this position, what would you do? Would you be like, I'm going for the big guns. I'm going to chuck it. I'm just going to go for it and see, see what happens. If I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Or would you try and be a bit, try and be cute with the stats? I suppose he's got to be managed well, hasn't he? If you was managing him, would you want to put him in more than him? or would you try and manage him a little bit safer
2: well i think he's i think whether it's the right move or not it's, everyone will have a different opinion but i think he's been a bit safe throughout his career you know that's why he's had a couple of injuries and he has moved promotional team i think he's also moved managerial teams and surely that'll Keep him out of the ring for a little bit, and then when you know when when Matra moved to the zone, I know he wasn't as active as he wanted, and that's why him and Lawrence O'Kolly and a few others end up leaving, going back to Sky. They wanted the profile, they wanted to be busy, and that's what he's been saying since he's come back to Sky. He wants to be busy, but at his age right now, for the length of time he's been pro, I think he's sort of now or never. And you know, Petriviev is old, but he looks like he's going nowhere. Same with Bivol. So you got you got to fight him if you want to be a world champion. You got to fight him. So. I think
1: stick him in. Well, one thing's for sure, that fight with Dan Aziz last night for both of these that have definitely come on and learnt a lot from that because the fight did ebb and flow. I know Bo actually got the decision he deserved to win and he was boxing nice through the middle stages, but it was on top for him at times, wasn't it? And he got caught and he looked like he was fading in round nine and ten. So that will make him a better fight and that would set him up potentially for a, a world title fight, which is the position he's in now. It's just whether or not he takes takes on the big guns the uh, the um, the Bivol or the better Biev. I know I'd be jumping straight in there with him. I don't know what you'd be doing. Would you be jumping in with him? You jumped in with a Cobra. You'd be jumping in, wouldn't you? You took the gamble with a Cobra. You backed yourself. You'd have a go at Bivol, wouldn't you? I, I, reckon, don't
2: know. So. I like you, Carl. You, you were my inspiration, mate. I looked at you. you don't like, don't like duck no like. one. I don't duck, no one. We signed up to the tournament. I was the first one in. Was you the first one in Super Series? I bet you was, wasn't you? Super
1: Six, yeah, Super Six. So
2: you were Super Six. I was Super Series. I was the first one to sign a dotted line. No one, none of the other champions wanted to come in. Mine was
1: called the Super Six, though. Mine was the Super Six. Yours should have been called the Mediocre Six. We've had this discussion. It's just timing, (laughs) isn't it? It's who's who's at the top at the time. Boxing's all about timing. But anyway, let's move on before you come back with that. So, no, but Colt,
2: One bit I want to ask you as well, because I think this is this, you know, see see your perspective. It was a very entertaining fight last night for the British boxing crowd. How how important how important do you think it is that entertaining fights are happening
1: in the UK right now? Listen, I think it's massively important. Entertaining fights in Britain, especially with what's going off in Saudi, because any fight that you get excited about now, and any fight that you think is worth watching, especially with a heavyweight, they always end up in Saudi Arabia. So you do you do. Think to yourself, when are we going to get a Wembley Stadium again? Or when are we going to pack out the O2 or the MEN in Manchester? When when do we get that kind of fight? So to see these two guys last night, um, Boatze and Dan Aziz, fighting 12 rounds toe-to-toe in, a, in an all-British affair for a world title eliminator, well, fundamentally it was for a British title, which is brilliant, but it was an eliminator for a world title. I think it's massively important because it keeps the boxing going, it keeps people talking, so yeah. I think it was a great fight between two top prospects, now world title contenders, and I was very happy with the whole whole evening. I've got to say.
2: So, Cole, you mentioned Saudi, All right? So we have to mention uh, the new date for Fury Usyk. Uh, What's your thoughts on the latest drama
1: surrounding this fight? So the new date is May. Is it May seventeenth, May eighteenth, or something? Whatever the Saturday is in any, any of them two dates, but. The fact that Tyson Fury's pulled out now with a cut, I mean I was I was um I was devastated about it. I've re- been I've been really looking forward to the fight. The fight's in two weeks, we're supposed to be. We finally get to see who is the undisputed heavyweight king um of the division. We've been waiting long enough. Tyson Fury's talked enough nonsense for long enough. Him and his old man actually. They've been they've been piping up like they do. They've been quiet leading up to this one, unusually quiet, and then you get the news that Tyson Fury's got a cut, and I was, I was really upset, mate. I, honestly, devastated. I don't really get that bothered about fights pulling out, but I've been looking forward for Usyk and Fury to get in there because, like I said, it's the, it's the undisputed everweight title fight. So now it's been delayed, put back to the middle of May. Devastating news as far you, as I'm concerned.
2: Do you think it's going to happen in May? I don't. Do you I'm think not, it's going to happen I'm in not,
1: May? I'm not so sure, no, because... what? Well, <laughs> Why is he sparring the way he is? To start with, I wasn't sure about the cut. I wanted to see the cut. I wanted to see him stitched up. And after seeing Tyson Fury today or last night on his on his Instagram, the cut to me doesn't look like an acute injury. It looks like an injury that's healing. It's scabbed over and the swelling's already sort of gone down and the, the bruising's showing. It looks, looks about a week to 10 days old. What significance that has, I don't know. But have they been sitting on this and waiting for the time, timing it right to give the news? And that... That sparring footage may or may not have been the right footage, but must have been filmed on a Nokia 8210 because it was blurry, horrible. And then we never saw the cut after he got elbowed. He definitely got (laughs) elbowed in the face on that sparring. But where's the clear footage and the cut and when did it happen? But we do know that he's got a cut because he's got stitches over his eyes, got a bruise, and the fight's off and it's been rescheduled for the middle of May. So, yeah, devastated that it's not happening in two weeks. And still a little bit dubious. And I've got my reservations as to whether or not, like you have as well, as to whether or not that fight will happen in May. What's your take on the whole the whole saga? It's just drama, isn't it?
2: Yeah. D- you know, and it's not necessarily down the conspiracy route, but you're like, when the fight was made, I thought, I don't think that fight's going to happen. I mean, after the Ngarly fight, I thought, there's no way Fury's fighting Usyk next. Um, then they were talking about it was going to happen before christmas on the 23rd of december and then they quickly announced no no no, they're gonna go february and there's always that feeling of i'll believe it when it happens when they ring walk it'll happen you know and you make jokes about it uh, I you know I'll, when i see it i'll believe it but uh and then when it comes out oh the fury fights off you're like all oh, right yeah cool there's no shock factor to it you're like oh what happened oh fury, fury's cut and you're like yeah, like it. Good usual bit is that you wouldn't, you don't just go. Oh yeah, oh, oh that must have happened in sparring. You you quick you quick really. How what what happened? What is you know? Um, you do kind of doubt it. I've never seen a oh, could- cut that bad from sparring. Like sometimes you get a yeah. tiny little. You you do get bruising. Yeah, a little you know nick. you get. Yeah, but then there's nick some, I have. tiny nick before tiny nick. From you know, and but it it, yeah, it doesn't even bleed, does it? You know, and he'll be gone in a couple of days, doesn't need a stitch. That obviously, he's had he's had he's had I think he's got a lot of scarring over the eyes, had bad cuts before. If it might be the same eye, I'm not sure, it might be a different eye, but yeah, I mean, to get that cut that bad and sparring, it's like it's unlucky, isn't it, really? Because that's not a cut you can sort of quickly get over. I mean, don't get me wrong, if he really wanted to fight, he could have stitched it up. Get the stitches out in five days, you know. Do your best to heal it as best you can. Stick a load of vas
1: on it. Make sure you don't yeah, get healed keep it in cut the fight. Glasses and glasses and then, then blag it, yeah. And it'd it, be like, fragile though. And the scar tissue would would, yeah. would not be healed in time for two weeks. But I know what you mean. No, it would you it would open, it. it would
2: likely open in the fight. But you'll be you can still get through the fight. And they'll, I'm sure there'll mm. be dozens, dozens of fighters who are testament to them getting. Just fight fit, you know, passing the doctor yeah. to be able to box. But, you know, if that, maybe that's just a sign that Fury still believes in himself. The most important thing is him to beat Usyk. He's not in it just mm-hmm. for the money. He is willing to yeah. park whatever that mega payday was and delay it.
1: It was very convenient that they've announced the, the, the fight, the new date. Whilst everybody's gutted and moaning that fight's off and it's saying, oh, I knew this was going to happen, straight away they announced the date. So that, that sort of takes the edge off the fight being cancelled and takes the pressure off the Saudis and off the promoters that the fight's not on now but now they've announced it again it almost resets you in your mind you're thinking all right so the fight still is definitely happening and it's happening in May oh that's great that's great news but I feel like they've announced it too quick and that's what makes me think to myself is this even going to happen so that's it for this episode of the verdict thank you very much George whilst I've got you please hit subscribe like and share this video don't forget to leave your comments We'll have a look at them. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on The verdict.
2: Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from
0: Invesco QQQ